Freedom is a process. It's a journey. Instant gratification undermines your journey towards freedom. This is what we want to dig into today in the book of Colossians. Never before in the history of the world has a culture like ours in the United States of America been so perfectly crafted and created to addict us. Now, we covered last week the fact that there is a universal addiction. Put whatever name to it that you're most comfortable with. It all means the same thing. Sin, pride, self. We're self-centered people. Okay. The ship has sailed on that. We've got it. We understand that. Addictions, which can be a whole long list of things, lead to isolation. That's what addictions do. Our addiction to pride. If we allow pride to run rampant, we feel isolated. Okay. We got that. Addiction leads to isolation. It leads to meaninglessness, a lack of peace, and a lack of purpose in our lives. And our culture has been perfectly crafted and created to bring about the proliferation of addictions. Here's some of the things that we know about the most affluent countries in the world. They are reporting the highest levels of physical pain even though they're perfectly suited to keep us away from pain. But they're reporting the highest levels of pain, the highest levels of anxiety, depression, and suicide. And here's the thing, everybody. We now know why. The book of Colossians 2,000 years ago precisely analyzed why we in the United States of America are experiencing so much physical pain along with emptiness and a lack of purpose in life. Something that I have become so frustrated with, whether it's in my life, my friends, my family, or statistics which represent people, or others that just talk to me in church, is the great amount of emptiness that is going on in our world. And so I wanted to do this series because I wanted to drill into What is the truth? What do we follow? What's going to lead us towards? No matter where that truth leads us, what is going to lead us towards purpose and peace and having a genuine passion and fulfillment for life? And now the greatest science, the greatest and latest science has confirmed the truths that we read in the book of Colossians, which is absolutely fascinating. Today, you can begin your journey towards freedom. Colossians 1, 6 says this, in the same way, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world, just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. Everybody, what is the gospel? It's a word that's used often. So what exactly is the gospel? It is the good news announcing something about royalty. So it is a message of good news that has royal ramifications to it. Kingdom, the word gospel and kingdom go hand in hand. The kingdom is about a ruler and it's about the values of that ruler. And this is what we are going to see so clearly in this book of Colossians. A kingdom is represented by a person. So the pharaohs, they ruled Egypt with values and virtues. The kings of Babylon, 
all of these kingdoms we see in the Bible and we see them historically. The emperors of Rome, they ruled in a certain way. Now, the book of Colossians makes very, very strong claims about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ. Are those claims valid? Let's see what it says. Colossians 1, 12 to 14. The Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. Christ's kingdom is called a kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Never before has there been a kingdom, not Egypt, not Babylon, as great as they were, as sophisticated, as powerful as they were. Egypt reigned for 2,000 years. No other superpower has reigned so long. But it has never been called a kingdom of light because it never brought light. It didn't do it. As sophisticated, as advanced as it was, what Egypt did, biblically, historically, was enslave. It brought darkness. Never before has a kingdom brought light. And the claim here is, is that the kingdom of Jesus Christ is bringing light. Is that true? Can it be proven? Everybody, the Bible says that it is a book of wisdom. And a book of wisdom means it has to be radically rational. They have to be driven by something that is rational. And things that are rational can be proven. So can we prove that the kingdom of Jesus Christ and the claims about it in the book of Colossians can be proven in your life and in my life? That is what this series and what this message is really all about. Does this function? Will it work? Colossians 1.6. I want to go back to what I read a few moments ago. In the same way the gospel, which is good news about a king or a ruler or royalty, is bearing fruit and it's growing throughout the whole world just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and you truly understood it. So what is this kingdom of Jesus Christ? Jesus says, my kingdom is like a seed, like a little itty bitty tiny seed. How do seeds become trees? They become trees through a process, a very long process. The seed represents truth. And the process towards the fruit is that long journey that has to be taken. It can't be undermined. It doesn't happen in an instant. Things that are instant are not about the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Jesus says, my kingdom is like a seed that becomes a tree and it bears fruit and the whole world is affected by it. So Jesus has now told us a lot about what it means to be a part of his kingdom. It's not one decision, it's many decisions. You and I can embark on a journey. But here's the first thing we need to know today. It is going to be a journey. It is going to be a process. I want to show you a picture. Very important picture. Here it is. You see that? You know who that is? That's me. That is me. I was 11 pounds and two ounces. That is one big baby. By the way, next week is Mother's Day. Please don't forget your mothers. My mom birthed an 11 pound, two ounce baby. Now, as big as I was, here's what we know about the world. Mothers give birth to babies. There is no mother, even though I was huge. There's no mother who wants to give birth to an adult. I am now 200 pounds, okay? There's a reason why we start small and we grow big. There's a reason why it goes from a little seed 
to a big person or a big tree. Thank the Lord for that process. That's how healthy things go. And if you want a journey towards freedom, towards purpose and peace and meaning and passion in your life, it's got to start small and it's not one. It's many, many, many steps all along the way to this process. That is how the kingdom of God functions. Okay, so here's what we know is that the kingdom of Jesus Christ is a process. It's not about instant gratification. It's about a million decisions we make every day, a journey that we keep day by day by day. Now, what do we need to know about this process that is vitally important? Let me read to you Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 to 11. It says, For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. So Paul's saying, I just keep praying and praying and praying. Look at the next thing he says. We continually ask God to fill you. I haven't stopped praying. And by the way, I'm continually asking for something. That's showing this day-by-day process. What does he every day over and over and over again keep asking for? Well, check this out. To fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. Knowledge, wisdom, and understanding are Three things that are all wrapped up in what we think, what goes into our brains, and what we do. It's like one big ball. And then he says that the Spirit gives. We learned this a couple months ago. The word Spirit in the Bible means wind, it means breath, it means spirit, and it means brain. So this has to do with the truth that we are putting in our brains and then how we are applying that truth that goes into our brains. Let me keep reading. Verse 10, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work. There's the application. You've got the truth. Now you're applying the truth. And as a result, fruit is being born. You're growing in knowledge, in the knowledge of God. Paul is saying so much in a very few words, and he's saying the same similar words in nuanced ways over it. He's trying to impress upon us. You got to know the truth, and then you've got to apply the truth. Your freedom and my freedom comes from that seed of truth, the gospel, about the values and virtues of the kingdom of Jesus Christ that we study over and over, not once, not twice, but a million times over until our brains are renewed and transformed and we apply it over and over. That's why we are called to keep studying, studying, studying the truth of God's word about Jesus Christ and apply it. He continues on, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you might have great endurance and patience. Here's the thing. When you begin to fill your mind and your brain up with the truth, not lies, but the truth of God's word, and you apply it, God comes in and empowers you. You're not working on your own. You're working with the power of God, the power of his spirit to give you patience, to give you endurance, and to actually overcome. But you got to start with the seed of truth and with the desire to apply that seed, both of them coming together. And that is what creates the freedom. Walter Ling, who has written a a really great book on addiction, I, I have it at the bottom of the outline as a resource. He says this, addiction is a brain disease. Oh, well, here you go. 
Paul is saying freedom. How are you going to find freedom from dark powers? It is a process that we go through over and over and over again of truth, 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 and application and application. And when we are doing that, we are moving towards a process, a slow but sure process that leads us towards continuous transformation, continuous freedom. And that is what we want. It is a process that we must undergo. Information, Rick Warren said this years ago, he's a pastor out in California, information without application leads to constipation. And nobody likes to be constipated. But information plus application leads to transformation, a transformed mind, which is what the Bible talks so much about. Your mind and my mind, here's the good news. Here's what neuroscientists tell us. Here's what psychiatrists tell us. Your brain and my brain can be reset. We know this. And the Bible says it can be transformed, renewed, restored, or born again. Your brain can be born again and you can find freedom. But it's going to be a journey that you take day by day. Do you know the truths that are so important? You know, our world, there is so many smoke screens. There's so much deception. There's so much light. Everybody has an opinion. Where is the truth that works? I got good news for you. In Colossians, we have the good news about something that really works. And you know what, everybody? It's not an opinion right here. It's scientific fact. Because now we have the latest and greatest sciences come along and said, you know what? What's listed here in Colossians, that is the way, the only way that actually works. And that is what I want to unpack for us today. Now, before I do that, Dr. Anna Lemke. She is a psychiatrist and a professor at Stanford University. She is the chief of addiction medicine at Stanford. And she is a best-selling author of Dopamine Nation. We are giving some copies out in person, our in-person service, this book. Best-selling author of this book. And it is a great book. I want to say it's an adult book. Now, we are thrilled that Dr. Lemke has agreed for us to interview her. So I just recently interviewed her and we're going to play excerpts throughout this series. And it is great. She just hits home run after home run. So we're going to go to that interview now and she's going to talk to us about pleasure and pain. So you, um, you write about this. I'm going to put it in my own words, but this pleasure and pain balance, and this is the way it hit my brain Mm -hmm. is, why does too much pleasure lead to too much pain? What What's up with that? So too much pleasure leads to too much pain because pain and pleasure work like opposite sides of a balance in our brain. So imagine that in this particular part of our brains called the reward pathway, there's a balance like a kid's teeter-totter, right? Mm-hmm. When we experience pleasure, it tips one way. When we experience pain... It tips the opposite. But there are certain rules governing this balance. And the overarching rule is that the balance wants to remain level. And with any deviation from neutrality, our brains will work very hard to restore a level balance. And our brains do that by first tilting an equal and opposite amount to whatever the initial stimulus was. So let's say we do something pleasurable, we release dopamine in the brain's reward pathway, the balance tips to pleasure, 
The way our brain brings it level again is first by tilting an equal and opposite amount to the side of pain and then going level. That has very important implications. It means for every pleasure, we pay a price. And that price is the come down, the after effect, the hangover. Now, it might be very short lasting, right? It might be even outside of conscious awareness, but it's like that moment you eat a piece of chocolate, you get pleasure. And then there's that moment where you want another piece of chocolate, Mm -hmm. right? So that's essentially the fundamental sort of machinery behind how we process pleasure and pain. Now, in terms of how that progresses to kind of a more pain or addiction, you want me to talk about that? Sure. Yes. (laughs) Okay. All right. So the second rule governing this balance is that with repeated exposure to the same or similar rewarding stimulus, that initial response to pleasure gets weaker and shorter, Mm. but that after response gets stronger and longer. And one way to think about that is to imagine there there are these neuroadaptation gremlins hopping on the pain side of the balance to bring it level again, but they like it on the balance. So with so they, they stay on until it's tilted an equal and opposite amount to the side of pain, and then they get off, and then we're level. But if we continue to bombard our reward pathway repeatedly with highly reinforcing drugs and behaviors, we end up with more and more gremlins on the pain side of the balance. And ultimately, we're then in a dopamine deficit state, where those gremlins are enough to fill this whole room, and they are camped out there. We've changed our hedonic set point. Now we need pleasure not to feel good, but just to level the balance and feel normal. And when we're not using, we're walking around with the balance tilted to the side of pain, experiencing the universal symptoms of withdrawal from any addictive substance. Let me share a story with you uh, from the book, Dopamine Nation. Dr. Lemke is working with uh, a young guy. Uh, She said, very healthy, got the whole world going for him. And she quotes him when she says, this is, this is what he says during a counseling session. He says, I do whatever I want, whenever I want. And she asks him, how's that working out for you, Kevin? And he says, not very well. Here's the truth, everybody. In our culture, this message is being shouted from the mountaintops. You can be whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. You just got to, you do you. That is the way towards meaning and purpose. That's the way away from pain and towards pleasure. You do you, whatever you want. But here's what we know. Here's what science tells us. And here is what Colossians told us 2,000 years ago. That absolutely will not work. That is not a truth. Because too much pleasure, you doing you, leads to too much pain. And that's just a verified fact. That's what science has been telling us the last couple of years over and over and over again. You can't just you do you. There is a better way. There's a truthful way that actually works. And I'm going to ask you, I just want you to think about that for a minute. Just think about that. We get this message, you do you. And what it's leading to is we're leading the world in physical pain. We're leading the world in a life that lacks purpose. And passion, because you do you scientifically is an impossibility. It is not going to work. We've got to get off that train and on a much better train, on a much better system, on a much better process that actually works. Too much pleasure leads to too much pain. Your brain won't allow you to you do you. 
You doing whatever you want, your brain won't allow it. That's what we have learned from neuroscience. That's what science is telling us. There is a better way. And here's what the evidence is showing that is a better way. Here are the values and the virtues of the kingdom of Jesus Christ that actually work in our lives. Colossians chapter 3, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness. You must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another. I want to, I want you to notice something about that list. It's 100% pleasure and 100% instant gratification. So if I get angry, somebody does something, I don't like it and infringing on whatever my opinions or my life or whatever it might be, or they cut me off and, you know, it's cost me uh, five seconds of my day or whatever. I let them have it. That's instant gratification. It feels good in the moment. Listen. Might feel terrible later on, but might as well let them happen right now. How about how about sex? Okay, porn. There is so much porn out there, and now we're knowing, and so many people who are studying this are saying, "Oh yeah, that leads to so much pain. It leads to so much isolation. It is a quick fix in the moment. It's all about pleasure, personal pleasure, and instant gratification. When you lie to somebody, you are protecting you. You are you doing you." In the moment, this list that is the values of not the kingdom of Jesus is 100% pleasure and 100% instant gratification. We're hitting that pleasure button, hoping for pleasure and ending up with pain. This is what science shows us and this is what the Bible has shown us so many years ago. We, and here's the thing I want you to walk away. If you don't walk away with anything else today, with nothing else today, I want you to walk away knowing this is your brain will not allow you to hit the you do you pleasure button over and over and over again without experiencing massive amounts of pain. Now, here's the better way. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all this, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony, and let the peace of Christ Rule in your hearts. Peace is what we want. Purpose is what we want. These are the values and the virtues of King Jesus, the gospel of his kingdom. And when we live by these, which are a system, which are a process, and we make that decision day by day, we are working our way towards freedom, towards a life of peace and purpose. That is how it works These things here that I just read that are the values and virtues of Jesus' kingdom, they're a combination of both pleasure and pain. Listen, when I love somebody, man, it can feel good in the moment, but it is also going to hurt. And when I truly love them, if I truly love them, when it starts to hurt, I don't walk away. I keep loving them. Like the cross of Christ is a perfect example. He's up there on the cross and boy, it's tremendous pain. Why is he hanging there? Because of love. 
And it's bringing him joy for the joy set before me. The Bible says Jesus Christ endured the cross. So it brought him joy because he loves you and I so much. And at the same time, it brought him tremendous pain. It is a perfect combination of both pleasure and pain. So now instead of like the seesaw or the teeter-totter toy, you know, down on one side, up on the other, instead of just hitting the pleasure, 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 and then all of a sudden, because your brain won't allow you to stick with that pleasure, it's going to hit hard, stronger, and longer on the pain side. Now instead of you getting that and ending up with so much pain, now you've hit the perfect combination, the value system of Jesus Christ with his most pleasure and pain at the same time. And now your life is where it needs to be. It has purpose. It has power. That's what the science shows us. And that is what Colossians shows us. The values of the kingdom of Jesus Christ simply work. Now, let me tell you how it works in my life. It says that I should put on compassion. Now, let me tell you what works for me. When Krista and I, we've been married for a bunch of years. When Krista and I get into a disagreement, okay, I'm the type of person that I don't have to make up before I go to bed. I just sleep like a baby. Everything's good. Matter of fact, it feels good to me. Just, you know, get a little distance, get a little perspective. I can make up so much better the morning after. Now, here's the problem with that. Krista can't. If we have a disagreement, small or large, she's not sleeping. She's up all night. I'm fine. I'm there sleeping like a baby. Now, It does me great pain to have to figure things out when I'm tired and I just want to go to bed. It does me great pain. But if I truly love her and I have compassion and kindness in my heart, the values and the virtues of the kingdom of God, I'm going to press pleasure and pain. So at that moment, I got nothing but pain, but that's compassion. And so I'm working on it. I don't have this right yet, just so you know. I am still working on making up with her out of love and out of compassion and a heart of kindness, making up with her so she can sleep at night. Because if I just do me, I'm going to end up with nothing but pain. Because my relationship with Krista isn't going to work this way. And it is selfish. I've got to do what works for her and what works for me by following not my values or her values, but his values Because Jesus Christ's way is entirely unique. And so here's what I want to ask of you today. To get on the right track for our lives, pick your pain. I want you to go through that list in verses 12 to 14. I want you to go through that list and pick out the one that brings you the most pain. And I want you to apply it to your life all this week. That's going to lead you on a right path. That's going to lead you on a freedom path. On the path of Jesus Christ, his power, his spirit, it's going to come in and help you to endure and find patience. But that is the way that is going to work. I need you to hit that pain lever so that you can experience the other side of the joy and the pleasure and the freedom that comes from walking in the ways of Christ. Because that is what works biblically and that is what works scientifically. I want to, I want to end with this. Before we do communion, because we're getting ready to do communion, everybody. I had a thought. I, I had seen something, you know, put out there on social media about NFL winning as seasons. And I thought, since we're talking about systems and we're talking about a process, I just, I just thought to myself, what franchise in the NFL has the most consecutive winning seasons? What is it? And immediately I just thought that it, it was the Steelers. 
It's either going to be the Steelers or it's going to be maybe the New England Patriots or something like that. And so I looked it up and what I saw shocked me. What I saw, I did not like. What I saw made me very angry. It's going to make you angry too, okay? It's going to make you very angry. But just because it makes me angry, just because I'm repulsed by it, doesn't mean it's not true. Because it's very true. So the NFL team that has the most consecutive winning seasons, 20 consecutive winning seasons, is the Dallas Cowboys. Now, I hate that, and you hate that, and it disgusts you, and it disgusts me. We're all disgusted by it. And you look at the list that Jesus offers there, and you're like, I don't want to follow that list. You you just do you. You make yourself happy. Listen, that doesn't make the list untrue, because science says you keep hitting that, you keep hitting that pleasure button. Just bang it all you want. That is the recipe for tremendous pain in your life. The list of Jesus works. And it is true the Dallas Cowboys for 20 years had a great system. Nobody can deny that. That's just the seed of truth. We need to follow the seed of truth, the gospel of the kingdom of Jesus Christ, because it works and there's no other way. Your brain won't allow you any other way. Now, communion, perfect for today. What is communion? So we're going to celebrate communion today. can't think of a better day for us to be celebrating communion. If you have something to drink and something to eat, communion is a meal. Communion is a process because eating is a process. Jesus Christ, we're told, he took bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body that is given for you. Same way he took a cup. This is my very life, my blood, which is given for you. You can't eat too fast. If you try to, it'll choke the very life out of you. Here's what I'd like you to think about as we take communion, as we celebrate this holy moment today. When you take communion, you're taking in the very life of Christ, his values, his virtues, his way, his process that leads to life, to meaning, to purpose, to peace. This is the only way that works. Only Jesus Christ uniquely offers us an A to Z process towards a life of peace and passion and purpose. Today, as you take communion, think about it being a process, a process of clinging to his values and his virtues, his way. Now, let me pray for the eating of this bread and the drinking of this cup. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that you gave us this great gift, the way that life works. The very things that we can cling to that bring the perfect balance of both pleasure and pain and that lead us towards the kind of life we desire to have. Thank you. Bless the eating of this bread and the drinking of this cup for your honor and your glory in Christ's name. Amen. Let's eat and drink together. Everybody, let's close the service today by praying as we will every week the serenity prayer. Please join me in prayer. God, 
Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen.